Life has its ups and downs. Our guests will share their story and their journey through life. They'll share the struggles they hit and how they pivot in a way to come out stronger and better than before. Growing up, we are taught there is one way of life that essentially creates our life's checkmark. You have a choice to go in any direction you desire. As you listen to our guest, you're encouraged to look at your life and the checkmark you created in your mind and readjust if needed after listening to some of the incredible stories told. This is the Life's Checkmark Podcast, and I'm your host, John Emery. In this episode, you're going to hear Dennis explain what it takes to be present. Uh, He's also going to share what comes first, passion or purpose. Uh, And he he really has a strong desire to help others, and you're going to hear that as he talks throughout the interview. You're going to really enjoy what Dennis has to share. All right, Dennis. Thanks for joining me. We can have a discussion here and talk about what what you do and, uh, you know, how are you trying to help others? So a little bit I know about you. Uh, we met through a group and um, connected over phone. And finally, we get to meet each other right on video here, at least, you know, not in person, but it's pretty close. And uh, yeah, I just like to see if you can share, you know, I understand that you're a chef. And how about we just, we'll just, let's start with that. Like, what was your journey to become to the chef? And I know you really love it. And you're really passionate about it. If you want to share that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, thank you so much for, for having me on. Uh, this is a really cool experience for myself. Um, and obviously anything that we, we can push ourselves and be better at then I'm all about that. So, um, yeah, I've been a chef since I was 16 years old. I won't do the math because that becomes um, I don't know, some long division and multiplication <laughs> stuff that I don't want to get into right now. Uh, maybe a little bit of pride as well. Let's just say, well, well over 30 years. We'll just call it that. Okay. So I grew up in a small town. And uh, when I turned 16, you know, obviously I wanted a car. I wanted to have insurance. I want to have gas. That means that uh, you got to get a job. Mm-hmm. So I'll never forget this. I, I was hired as a dishwasher. And I washed dishes for, oh, about a month. And I was given the opportunity to then become a prep cook where you start you know, prepare them, uh, the stuff that then is made with meals, right? Um, I did that for a little while. And then I was asked if I wanted to cook on the line. And uh, that's where you're actually, you know, cooking a meal for someone and sending it out. And this is a 250 seat restaurant. And there were six of us on the line. And I, uh, I actually, it just kind of fit. And as... I started watching and observing uh, about six, seven months later, I took over that line and I was, uh, you know, conducting essentially the wheel man. So tickets had come in and you decipher the handwriting because obviously back then there was no computers. Um, dang, I just dated myself again. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so next thing you know, I, I was doing it. I was really pretty good at it. Um, I didn't know at the time this is what I wanted to do with my life. So I tried other things. I worked on cars. Um, I worked construction for a little bit, did a little bit of electronics, a little bit of uh, plumbing, uh, did some concrete work. But every time I was doing that, <clears throat> I uh, would also work in a restaurant part-time at night. And finally, one day, one of my life mentors um, said, you know, why, why aren't you doing this for a living? <laughs> I think you'd be really good at it. I'm like, well, I don't even know how. So I decided that it was time for me to go to school. Um, I went to a a very prestigious school in New York and I really fit in. 
Um, that's when I knew that this was what I was meant to do. And oddly enough, um, I knew things about food that I didn't know how I learned or knew. It just was there. And when I talked to uh, my chef mentor, he said, that's how you know you're doing the right thing because you know things. You, you don't know how you got the knowledge. All you know is that you have it. Um, and then the next step then becomes, how do you teach people to become better with the knowledge that you've gained um, and the experiences that you have? And it really didn't stick in, that really didn't sink in until, I don't know, a couple of years ago after my um, last failed marriage, and we'll get into that a little bit as well, that, you know, I, I didn't know everything. And there's a lot of things about my life that I needed to get into and, and dive into. And with that, I, I started attacking what it meant to be me. Um, I spent a lot of my life kind of being what I thought I was supposed to be, what, what the, the air quotes are, what, I'm, what I was supposed to be. Um, in my career path, every move was a movement forward. And I didn't realize that that was going to be also what's going to happen to me in my personal life, right? Um, Currently, I'm a senior executive chef at a major medical center in Virginia, um, where we produce, oh my goodness, uh, probably 4,000 meals a day. Um, we take care of the patients in the hospital. We take care of the staff that takes care of the patients in the hospital. And this is my, my philosophy. We're there for three reasons. We take care of the patients. We take care of the people that take care of the patients. And we also take care of ourselves, our little family that's actually doing that. Um, for us, food is medicine. I mean, this is what I get passionate about. I get very, very passionate about. Um, it's our responsibility to produce food to help people get home to their families as quickly and as safely as possible. I'm going to say that again because this is very important to me. We produce food, which is medicine, that helps people get home to their families as soon as possible. And that fulfills something within me and helps fill my cup. Um, with that, that's my day-to-day, -day, right? And as I progress and start learning more about what it means to be Dennis, um, I've actually really become to uh, like myself, right? And then even push a little further and love myself. And in that diving of me, and I go to diving because I'll tell you that here in a little bit, um, I have learned that as I, as I learn, I want to also teach and help other people get better. And that's kind of what brings me to today. And, and, and that happens for me every single day. Um, and I get really, really excited about that. Great. And so you, you, you spoke a little bit about uh, passion. And would you, maybe you can help me with, do you see some kind of like a purpose there? Or is it just passion for you? So I think a little bit of both. Um, the, the passion, I would say, um, is creating food that is aesthetically pleasing, obviously, um, nutritious and healthy, um, knowing that I'm helping someone else. And that also is that line between passion and purpose, mm -hmm. right? I'm very passionate about the food aspect of it, but the purpose is to get people home. And that includes us as, as employees as well. Um, getting people home to their families as quickly and safely as possible. And with that mindset and goal in mind, um, the place where I work now, we've had the contract, or my company that I work for has had the contract since mid-80s. Um, by the way, that's when I started cooking. 
Um, <laughs> not here. All right. Um, <laughs> not <too fast. laughs> right, it's way in the past. Um, but the first three years that I was here at this at this particular hospital, we had the highest patient satisfaction scores in that entire time frame because we attacked with that purpose and that passion to have that ability to affect people's lives in a positive way. Um, very few careers out there um, that I will call light blue collar, right? Because it's not a definitely definitely not a blue collar job, but you work really hard. And um, there's some business aspect of it too, so it's white collar as well. So I call it a light blue collar. But the light blue collar role that we have, you know, we have that opportunity to really, really help people. And for me, I have found in my lifetime that there's nothing better for me than to help others be better themselves. Right. Yeah, you're always trying to help somebody else. Yeah, that's good. I like that because um, I know there's like that fine line. Some people play with the passion purpose thing. You know, they try to figure out or what's their purpose or, you know, and then, you know, and, and then the passion is always hard to find too. Like, I, I don't know, it, in my eyes, it's always try to go for what you're passionate about, right? That's, that's what I think. And then it sounds like that's how you kind of have your purpose then. Exactly. And, you know, every day um, I do a meditative um, time to myself where I ask myself, you know, what did you do that fed your purpose slash passion today? Mm-hmm. And if I'm not able to easily identify that, then I didn't work hard enough to where I needed to be in that day. Um, not that I think I failed at it, um, but I think that um, if I can't recognize it, then maybe someone else wouldn't have either. So then did I actually effectively, you know, um, and purposely uh, affect somebody today? Yeah. Uh, how do you go about doing like a meditation with that? How's that work? So it's actually, I have a couple of meditations, right? So in the morning when my alarm goes off, I look at, I close my eyes and I look at my day and I kind of plan out my day. Like a lot of people, pretty normal. Um, how am I feeling today? How, how do those, how many messages did I get that I'm going to be short staffed today? <laughs> kind of affect that a little bit as well. Right. But it, that helps me plan my day, you know? Um, <clears throat> so that's the first aspect of it, kind of planning out my day. And, and I live in a world where plan A is where I write a schedule. Plan B is what, what really happens when people move around and all the pieces don't really fit where they're supposed to. Yeah. Um, plan C is where you're kind of pulling it out of the air on what to do, right? So all of those things, I start running through those things in my mind during my meditation. And it's it's a relaxed situation. So there's no real, no real condensed uh, going on. It's just a matter of, okay, if this happens, this is what I'll do. And I, so I'm already, already mentally preparing the, the things that typically happen. Um, my second meditation, which is really interesting, um, I have a 35 minute drive to work. Okay. Um, usually it's dark, almost always it's dark. And that's when I um, dive into some content. Um, I, I kind of try to grow me as um, in my soul and in my being, um, listening to podcasts, you know, listening to books on tape. Um, sometimes just calling people. Sometimes people reach out to me in that time frame because they know my window. Um, and in that time, I am working on my inside, my heart, my soul. Um, and then when I'm at work, you know, all, all the moving pieces and parts, um, that's when I realize if my meditation has worked, because a lot of the times I walk in, and here's an interesting thing. I have a staff of, in my, in my production, which I really am, am deep into, um, a staff of 25. 
<clears throat> when I arrive in the morning, there's only 15. Hmm. But when I walk in the door, I look every single employee in the eye as I walk by and I greet them in the morning, every single one. I have a different greeting for every single person, but it's the same greeting every day. And I get the same reaction from them or I get a reaction of theirs, of how their day is going. Um, and in that two second interaction, just saying good morning, um, I know how they are in their day, how their day is gonna go based on the look on their face. Um, and I can carry that with me, knowing that I don't have to really focus on that area. They, I can leave them alone and let them do what they need to do because they, they got it. Um, if I walk in and I get a different greeting or the, the eyes are different or, or their station is, looks different because there's something that, that happened, um, I know immediately that I need to uh, address that so they are getting back on their path. So that's what my meditation does for me. And then after the end of the day, and this is very key, and I think that a lot of people forget this. At the end of the day, I have the same 35-minute drive home, mm -hmm. right? And in that 35 minutes, I go back through the day, and I think about what worked, a win, right? What my wins are for the day, and what I need to focus on tomorrow to have more wins than losses. Now, there are some days where there are all wins, and I look, I'm driving home, and I'm like, ha, I feel really, really good, right? So then I can focus my, okay, what did I personally do for me? Now, business was a win. I got all that all that stuff going and, and people were happy and all that was good. But what did I get out of the day? So then I also take that time to look and see what was given to me from my staff, from my situations, from the, my interactions in the day. And when I look at those things, I can really grasp that and have a little bit of pride in what it is that I do, right? And that even keel knowing that the day is going well and getting something out of it uh there's that drive sometimes only feels like it's five minutes i mean it's it's crazy that um when you look at the good stuff how everything else just kind of goes away now on those days i'm driving home and it was kind of chaotic and all this stuff i have all this noise in my head right from work and mm -hmm. this is another really important thing that i think people forget to do i process that noise from work so when i'm ready to step into my house I didn't bring home with me. I did not bring work with me. I can step into my personal life and be present in that personal life. As much as I'm at work more than I am probably at home, I have to have that separation because if I can't turn it off, then it's going to affect my interactions with my family. And that's what I try to try to use meditation to bridge that gap of what's what needs to be where. And um, do you find it hard sometimes, like when you're driving, like you can't write anything down? Do you, do you think that maybe writing it down sometimes would be better, beneficial to you? Or do you do that at night maybe later on? Or So I'm a huge advocate of journaling, huge mm -hmm. advocate of it, just because you're right. You get the thoughts down and they might yeah. not make sense now. But if you look back on them, like, okay, I had a, let me just take a minute. I have nothing to do. I'm going to go back to my journal. Oh, wow. What was I thinking here? What was I doing here? What did I do to adjust? as I'm reading, right? Um, I'm a big advocate and I do this, uh, it's very funny um, that you asked that particular question. Yeah. Um, sometimes I use uh, talk to text and I'll send myself texts, okay. which uh, then I'll get a text, right? So now it's, it's going out from Dennis, but it's also coming to Dennis. I like that, yeah. Right, <laughs> and it's really interesting because um, I've done that sometimes with, uh, with others in the car mm -hmm. and, 
this is I, I'm a, what I'm going to say now really drives home how important it is to be able to teach. <clears throat> so sometimes I have my my daughter who's 10, almost 11. I'm going to call her 11 because it's, it's close enough. No, no. Um, she's still going on 20. So it doesn't matter what age she really is. <laughs> um, but I'll ask her to text something for me, right? And um, it was actually uh, a, a perfect example was um, another mentor. I was I needed to ask her questions, some permission to use something of his. And I said, hey, can you text something for me? And, and to this person, she said, oh, yeah, what do you want me to write? I said, I started, she said, hold on. I got it. And she she types out this text and she says, do you want me to read it to you? I'm like, absolutely. So she read it to me and it sounded exactly like I would have written it. Yeah. Yep. And I was I was so proud. I was like, wow, that was really awesome. Push that, you know, yeah. let's get this done. And but that's what it's about, you know. And and I, I'll always say, you know, bring your kids into your stuff because mm-hmm. they need to know how to work through it as well. And if if you're not teaching them from a a position of being in the middle of how are you going to show them how to get out of it and eventually when when that comes to fruition and they are lost or confused they're going to come to you yeah. so anyway i i'll bounce all over the place when it comes no to that's people. great that's fine so yeah so she's following your lead she sees what you're doing and following your lead yeah and, and even better i'll take it a step further sure when when we get to, when i pick her up from school um which adds 20 minutes to my drive by the way um but it's way more therapeutic um we always listen to her music, right? What the, what she's into, what she listens to. Okay. And this is what's so important to have a connection with your kids. We'll get in and she'll start a song and usually a third of the way through the song, she stops the music and starts talking about her day because really? she knows the questions I'm going to ask. I haven't asked them yet because yeah. now that's, the, that's, the, that's part of the drill. Right. You know, what made you laugh hard today? You know, what, what was about your day that made you smile or made you just feel lifted? Um, she's always got something to talk about. And sometimes in that 40 minute drive, we get through two songs and there's about 40 stops in that, in the music, because she's always oh, wants to talk about something else. Always oh, talk about something else. Um, and if there is nothing to talk about, we just sing together. You know, so how, you know, how do you, how do you beat that? You know, here's this amazing connection that has been fostered in uh, growing right? It's growing. I can look at all the issues that I've had and be like, oh, I'm so horrible and all this. No, that's not what it's about. I've learned lessons, right? Those yeah. lessons have gotten me here. So the fact that I can pass those down and teach someone else with, without the pain, give it to me every day. Right. That's great. And she can't get, she can't jump out of the car either. So she's stuck exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So I tried, I started trying that with my kids. So, uh, I've been asking uh, what was the best part of your day? And you know, they'll go around in circles, eh, nothing really, well, but then they, a little bit, you know, they'll just think of something. Yeah. And it's, it could be, I got home or whatever, you know what I mean? But it's something yep. small, right. But it, it makes them think a little bit more. So yeah. yeah. Good. So no, I was going to say, it's, it's like a, a little string on a sweater, right? Once you start pulling that string, it's going to all start unraveling. And once mm-hmm. you get to that point, I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to use the word magical because that sounds very you know, Disney, but there is something about it that that connection is, and it's so strong and, and so natural and, and so nurtured from both sides even, right? Because she'll even ask me, you know, what was the best part of your day? Right. Um, right. And then, and I start talking about my day and then she goes back into hers and we got you know all this stuff. And next thing you know, we have all of this information about each other that we can use later 
right? What was it that um, something happened the other day and she typically come, <laughs> first person she talks about is this one particular person and it's all the time. Hmm. And as dad, you know, of course my radar goes off because it's this one particular person. <laughs> And I'm like, so what's going on with so-and-so today? Oh, no, they weren't there today. Or you're, you know, I didn't really spend that much time around them today. And I'm like, really? And she's, well, some, but you know, not. <laughs> so it's just that kind of, that kind of just being to an amazing kid because the kid's amazing because you were a good, good dad. You know, there's something magical about that. I don't go back to that word, but it really is. It truly is. And it warms me knowing that, I haven't failed at everything in my life. Yeah. And I don't think you want to get to that point where you think that either, you know, you never want to think you've failed everything. Um, so, you know, let alone from just being in the car and, you know, having a conversation with your daughter or whatever it turns out to be, uh, you've been mentioning it a couple of times, the word present, right? So, we already discussed kind of like how powerful that is, you know, where she can interact with you and you interact with her. Um, what ways have you found for yourself to try to stay present, you know, whether it's with her or somebody else or, or whatever you're doing? Yeah, that's actually a very good question. And I think a lot of people do struggle with that. Um, for me, I dive into whatever they're doing. So um, with, I'll, I'll keep going back to my daughter, but even my, with my girlfriend, whatever they're interested in, I need to be interested in. Um, if I try to drag them into what I'm always interested in, then there is kicking and screaming and oh, I want to go do what I want to do. Um, but leading from the middle, I say this a lot, um, particularly to clients, um, and even at, at work with when I'm dealing with new managers, um, there are philosophies out there that, you know, if you paddle from the front, you're pulling people with you. If you're paddling from the back, you're pushing people forward. Okay. Um, I have found in my life that by paddling from the middle of the boat, you're pushing some people that need to be pushed and you're pulling people that need to be pulled. Um, the bottom line is you're all moving forward together. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of do that with, with, with my kids. I dive in when my son plays video games. I'm like, show, show me around the video game. I can't keep up with them. I, I'll be honest with you. My eyes don't work like that. Um, that many buttons forget about it but i thoroughly enjoy watching him play because he is so into it why would i want to fight that right? right teach me show me because now i'm setting them up to be passionate about something be productive in doing it because they always want to be better that you know they want to be better um and then as i start to learn and understand a little bit i'm in awe of what they can do and my son, he's a little older, he's at 16. Um, it's really interesting because he'll play with his friends. He'll play with a group of six people. And guess who the leader of the group is? Yeah. You know, he knows where everybody is, where they're going, what they need to do next. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's coaching them to get the whole team together. And he's doing it from the middle and doesn't even realize he's doing it. Gotcha. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it, but that's just the natural progression of how to do it. Um, and, and same with, with my youngest, um, you know, she's very much into YouTube and, and the, the dream SMP and I don't know if there's a plug for them or not, but actually I've kind of gotten to like them, you know, they're, 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 they're insanely annoying, but at the same time, it's like, 
it's like a train wreck. You can't not look, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but, you know, she knows all the people. She knows their history. She knows their birthdays. Some of them sing songs. They play video games. on. And I'm like, why don't you do that? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you know, I really enjoy watching it, but I don't know how to do it. So let's learn. Let's do something. And we have a, a YouTube channel where we do stuff, you know, and, and that's what she wanted to do. And that we have, it's not a lot, it's, we haven't posted anything in over a year, but um, I think we have seven videos up. And of those seven videos, she was producer, director, filmer, and just conceptualizing it, right? So all, all of that she did. Yeah. Um, I just got to go on, on and cook and play with, play with my daughter and her friends on camera doing what they wanted to do. I mean, how do you not say no to that? Or how do you right. not say yes to that, you know? Yeah, yeah. But that's how, that's for me, that's how you gain that um, bond. Um, you know, I could kick back and no, I'm not interested in that. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want you. Why are you on the phone so much? Well, you're learning stuff. I want to know what you're learning. Because mm-hmm. if I don't know, how do I know how to course correct? How do I know how to, you know, pivot? Be like, and, and even be a little more understanding of like, oh, wow, this is, I never even thought of that. I and mean, I've learned stuff from these teenage kids on on youtube i'm like i never thought of that you know right right and uh but that's that's part of it and having fun i mean you're not going to sit your child doing what they want to do and they're going to hate you for it it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. so that's what i'm going to do just just so you're just trying to be with them and be interested in what they're doing to stay present yeah their world is important right and, and so is yours so yeah. do you ever find them trying to see what daddy's doing so that's a very good question so what ends up happening is as i'm in the middle of their stuff hey i need to go do dishes or i need to go do laundry come on let's go knock that out real quick mm-hmm. so now i'm drawing them into something outside of that that helps them learn responsibilities learn things and um yeah i mean i get it we go cycling uh, we go running uh, we do things together that you know every once in a while you get the oh i don't want to yeah, you know, yeah. but but, that, but that's part of leading from the middle you know sometimes you got to pull them oh, sometimes yeah. you got to push them yeah and sometimes they want to switch positions on the boat <laughs> <laughs> that's great i like that that's good um so i uh you know we've been talking i guess in the past few weeks for a little bit while now and you were starting to shift a little bit and doing something else um where you're trying to are you you're becoming a life coach i believe or you already are so here's the interesting thing about that yes and and i actually have a little bit of um gratitude towards you um because when we met we were both kind of in a a little disparative situation in our lives and you know as i talk to others in the same situation and we talk about things and and the way my mind works um i always look at at an opportunity and then that immediately goes how to teach. Um, and it's basically because I'm trying to teach people how to cook better than they did yesterday because I don't have to carry them today. But that's how it works. And the more people I talk to and more people I started learning from, because, you know, it's we all go through our things. If you can look at another person and listen to them talk and learn from them and what they've um, experienced in their life um, and take that on as part of your knowledge base, mm-hmm. that's incredible. Um, so I, I lead a group of men. Um, I am a follower of a group of men. I am in the middle of a boat of the group of men. Um, and it became quite obvious that 
uh, I had a little bit of a skill set that they didn't um, understand that I had right away, and neither did I. So it was brought up a couple of times that you should really be coaching. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Because I've never gone to a life coach. I've had mentors. Um, I've had uh, personal mentors. I've had professional mentors. I've had whatever you want to talk about. I've had other people showing me how. Um, And I realized I could probably do that. So a few weeks ago, um, I decided to launch a, uh, a life coaching business. Um, it's called Deep Dives with Dennis. Um, it immediately filled. I only I worked full time at my job, and I only had a certain amount of slots, and it was filled pretty much right away. Yeah. Um, I had five slots, and and uh, yeah, that that was pretty quick. So with that, um, I have yet to <laughs> do the whole business end of it. Um, I am already helping people. Um, I was already helping people, um, and now I'm just running into newer people mm-hmm. that uh, want to learn from my past experiences, and I've kind of run with that. And yeah, we're uh, we're not doing too bad. I had to set up my office at home; that was on the fly. Um, I'm still I still have a web page in process being built because I don't have a whole lot of time to to do that part of it because it's more important to me to help the people that have already said, "Hey, I need some help." Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's been kind of interesting. Uh, most of the people that told me that I'd be a good coach had already spent months with me. So starting off new with people, getting to know them and getting them to understand that I do not know everything. Mm-hmm. Don't, I don't pretend to, I, I will tell you if I don't know it, I don't know it, but I'm going to find out because I need to know. Yeah. Um, but most importantly, I make them feel safe. Um, and I'll make them laugh. Right. I, if I'm, I'm not making you laugh, you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And I, it's kind of a little tool that I have developed even throughout my career. If I'm not making you laugh, you're not listening. And sometimes things are serious and I will still crack a little joke because sometimes that lightness changes the, the firing synapses in your brain to make you think about something a little bit differently mm-hmm. than, oh, that's so horrible to, oh, that's, that's manageable. Just by saying, oh, well, if you just did this, like, duh, yeah. you know, something simple like that. And, and it gets people thinking about things a little bit differently. And it is my goal, honestly, um, you probably won't hear very many life coaches say this. It is my goal to never have to have a um, client that everybody I talk to gets gets what they need and, and moves on and has a fantastic life. That's, that's a point a where to a point where I'm not talking to another person on the planet about their problems. That's a great goal to have. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I I also have to add in that you, you took the deep dive to start this. You know what I mean? I I know your thing's a deep dive and you have your boards in the back there. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I know, I know you hesitated, but, and you just described how you just got, your feet wet just got started and not have to you don't need your web page you don't need all that stuff to get going um so i uh i mean what do you think so far how, how do you feel going into this so i i feel really good um my girlfriend uh is a little bit uh time conscious because mm-hmm. obviously so I, that's why i only have five slots I, I don't really need to fill my whole days i my cup gets filled at work um, the coaching stuff kind of overflows that cup for me. Okay. Um, so I don't need to, 
I'm not trying to get rich. I'm trying to help people. Um, interestingly enough, when I when I started to do to do this, um, there were a couple in my circle that also launched about the same time. So they're diving they're diving into how to get clients, how to get clients, how to get clients. And I'm like, if they come, they come. You know, I, I, my my career pays my bills. I, I don't have to worry about that. My my career takes care of my kids. Uh, all of that. Um, and I filled pretty quickly. Um, I wasn't aggressive. I'm not aggressive with trying to find clients. And I think that if you put your message out well enough um, without being a little bit pushy, uh, people will find you. Mm-hmm. And when they find you, then you got to know what you need to talk about. And all I do is really talk about the mistakes that I've made, what I've learned from them. How can we apply that to help you? That's it. That's, a, that is it. That's really the only equation to it. What can we do to make you moving in the direction to be your best self? Um, and that's that's a, a credo that I live by. I try to make myself 1% better every day. Mm-hmm. Um, does it happen every day? Hey, pretty close. Yeah. If I'm giving back to others, I'm absolutely 1% better. Um, when I lose sight of that, that's when you get into those negative numbers. And I'm, I'm, I'm not good with negative numbers. Mm-hmm. That's why you guys stay positive, right? Yeah. Stay positive. That's why my, that's right. my blood type. Be positive. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And so you, it's all about providing the value. And then if you want to look at dollar signs, that will come later. Yeah. I mean, eventually it comes, you know, my time is worth something. I don't like to say that, but right. that's the reality of it. Um, I try not to take out of um, my personal connections. Um, so I have, that's why I, I'm, I don't need to have 40 clients to, to do what I right. am happy with doing. Right. Good. Good. Um, yeah. So I, I'm going to ask you a quick question here and it comes in three parts. So Sorry. So right. uh, yeah. So what are three key things you've learned and used along your journey to check off areas in your life? I know we just mentioned a lot of stuff, but uh, you know, what are the key, the three key things? So I'm going to have to go deep because my number one thing, and I'm going to work in most important order. Um, most importantly for me, I am a recovering sex addict. Um, what that means for me is um, I identified some things in my world um, that were not healthy. Mm-hmm. And to approach that, I entered um, a 12-step program. Um, never forget my, my first time walking into a, a meeting, right? It was whew, December 18th, 2008 was my first meeting. Okay. Um, I knew then that I was home. Um, that I knew what I was. I knew there, the things that were going on in my life were um, out of control. I needed to to take that un, under my own wing and make myself better. Um, with that, uh, a few years went by, a lot of sobriety, um, and I fell. I slipped and I fell. Um, and in this world, when when you slip and fall, you hurt people. And I didn't want to hurt people anymore. So I looked at myself in the mirror again, right? It's just like falling off any wagon, you know, you're, you're lost. And I looked at myself in the mirror again and told myself that would never happen again. 
never happen again. Um, that date was March 5th, 2017. And to this day, that is still my sobriety date. Um, in that process, um, I learned to help other people <clears throat> get uh, uh, get sober, hopefully try to stay sober. Um, and the evolution of that uh, brought me to where I really needed to stop thinking myself as an addict, but maintaining my sobriety and working on me in that realm. But I also realized there's so much more to me that needed to be touched on. Um, it's, it's funny, you said you had a few quick questions. Um, your question was quick. My answers are never quick. Yeah, it doesn't have to be quick. <laughs> I, I, like, I like that you're being open and honest and, and sharing what you, what you went yeah, through um, to share with others. Yeah, so for me, I have a bottom line. I, what I use um, in a lot of my journey, um, and this is part of my meditation, and, and even sometimes just to reground myself is a serenity prayer. Um, I didn't grow up a religious person. <clears throat> I, I'm not a churchgoer, um, but I have a spirituality that, that I have and have a really great relationship with God. Um, and the serenity prayer for me um, works miracles. It truly does. Um, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. I mean, come on. How can you not look at that and go, well, that makes a lot of sense. So what can't you change? That's the first thing I ask myself. In this situation, what can you not change? You cannot change it, so just accept it. You know, the courage change you things, change the things you can, right? Another big one. Well, I think I can change this. What do I have to do to do that, right? How, what do I have to dig into to change this situation? Yeah. And the tricky one is the wisdom to know the difference, <laughs> right? Because Knowing that I can't change it, there's a huge amount of wisdom, but there's also some solace there. There's some relief there. It's out of your control. You know, the only thing I can change and have the courage to change is me. Mm -hmm. And if I'm doing that, and if I'm living by that two-sentence statement, I'm going to be okay. And if I have that power of, over myself, that's one of the first things I ask clients. is like, do you know the serenity prayer? Because I say it a lot, a lot, a lot. I'm not trying to pre preach religion. You take the, I took, even when I explain it now, I took God grant me out of it. Because if you want to ask God for that, ask God for that, right? But you should be asking yourself because mm -hmm. you're the one in charge of your life. You can, you can give praise. You can give anything you want to God. But the reality is here on earth, we have to be accepting of what we can change, what we can't change, know the difference of it. It's true. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, no worries. Yeah. Yeah. I've been very open and honest and it's been a pleasure to meet with you virtually. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there any, any closing words or anything you want to share or, uh, you know, I just, just, I really admire what it is you're doing. I'm trying to get the message out for anybody that wants to become better. Mm -hmm. um, there are people out there willing to help you. And I think that the more that people like us communicate and build this world together, um, some of those problems might be a little bit easier to, to face. They're never going to go away. They're right. never going to go away. We're always going to have problems. Right. But processing them, facing them, and handling them, uh, there are people out there that are willing to help you and would love to help you. And by them helping you, it helps themselves. 
right. You're just getting started, right? <laughs> just getting started. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, thanks, Dennis. Thank I you, man. I really appreciate this. And I wish you much luck in your, your, your new venture as well. Thank you. You too. Thank you for taking your time listening to Life's Checkmark. If you like this show, please subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll see you next time.